Boar's Head invites you to enlighten your senses. Introducing Boar's Head Ichiban Teriyaki-style chicken. Inspired by Japanese master chefs, our signature teriyaki glaze is crafted with garlic, ginger, and a hint of brown sugar. Then paired with our tender, slow-roasted chicken breast for a flavor that's sweet, savory, remarkably bold. Boar's Head Ichiban Teriyaki-style chicken. The bold flavor of Japan. Now at the deli. Compromise elsewhere. Blog Talk Radio. Changing Jamaicans. To conduct the interview this evening, I have my co-host, Janice Maxwell. Janice Maxwell is a budding entrepreneur in the Internet, and she also drives, is a driver behind Caribbean TV World, and she does several easings that you may be aware of. This evening, it's our privilege to have conversation with one of our premier Winter Olympic athletes. It's Mr. Devon Harris. Mr. Harris is one of the original members of 1988 Jamaican bobsled team, and he was the captain of the 1992 and 1998 teams. He made, this makes him a three-time Olympian. Devon achieved his grand dream. His current dream is to inspire others to achieve theirs. Tapping the same energy, determination, and skills that enabled him to bobsled with the world's best. Devon is now sparkling audiences of all ages to dream big and to take their game to the next level. His aspiring story combined with his sincere desire to enable others to overcome life's obstacles has turned Devon to a highly regarded and sought-after international motivational speaker and workshop facilitator. He's also published a book called Yes, I Can. Janice, Take it away. Wow, thank you, Chris. Hello, Devin. Welcome to hey, our conversation. Thank How you, are you? Dennis. Thank you, Chris. Great to meet you guys. Great to be on the air with you. Oh, that's we're just thrilled to have you. You know, the Winter Olympics um, does not bring the kind of glamour that the Summer Olympics bring. Uh, for Jamaica, anyway. Not until you guys. As um, a gifted athlete, um, who would compete in many other endeavors? What would draw you to this, to your particular sport? It's, it's kind of interesting, you know. Um, like many young athletes in Jamaica, I grew up dreaming of competing in the Olympic Games, of course, the Summer Olympic Games. And back in 1987, at the time I was a young officer at the JDS, I uh, was training, hoping that I would be would be able to get fit enough to, to qualify to compete in the Seoul Olympics. At the same time, two Americans who lived in Jamaica came up with the idea to start a bobsled team because they discovered that a big part of the sport is a start and you need sprinters for the start. And, of course, you know, we have tons of sprinters in Jamaica. 
So they went to the guys on the summer team trying to get them interested in this boxing idea. They didn't want to do it. So they came to the military looking for athletes, and, and here I was, and my colonel suggested that I try it out for the team. So in a sense, I did not choose bobsledding. It, it chose me. Um, mm. you know, I went out, went out uh, and uh, made a team. And as they say, the rest is history. Okay. And um, you had said the JDF, for our audience, because we speak not just to Jamaica, but literally right. the world. Could you um, explain or um, what JDF right. is? What the JDF is, it stands for the Jamaica Defense Force. Uh, it's obviously the, it's a voluntary force. Uh, many non-Jamaicans always ask me as well if it's, uh, if it's a conscription force, if, you're, if you have to join the Army. I know it's a total voluntary force, and it was certainly one of my dreams growing up to, to be in the JDF and to, to become an Army officer. Um, I see. Okay. Um, is there any associations that bring you with other, bring you together with, um, say, the summer athletes? No. You, uh, you know, I have met, I can probably count, I've met three, only three athletes or four athletes who have, who have ever competed in the Summer Olympics for Jamaica. And it's, you know, just kind of by the way not as any official function per se. So unfortunately we don't have a big Olympic kind of reunion in Jamaica where summer and winter athletes, you know, get together. Interact, I see. Um, how would you address your training regimen? How do you go about preparing for your event when you were um a bobsledder? Well the 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 training for bobsledding is very similar to what a sprinter does like a 100-meter or 200-meter uh, runner, where in the off-season, and for us the off-season is summer, you're running, you're lifting weights, you're doing a lot of speed training, a lot of explosive training, I, um, you know, really working to increase your speed so that you can get, and your explosiveness, so that over 30, in 30 meters you can get the top speed. Um, but in addition to that, we do what we call push training, where you have a makeshift sled on wheels, and you would use that to practice your start. So that's how you prepare mm -hmm. in the summer. And then, but by the way, that's not bobsledding yet. That's just preparing to bobsled. So we do all the stuff that a summer 100-meter uh, athletes would do, and then, in the, and then some, of course, because we do the push training. And then in the yeah. winter, you get an ice and do actual bobsledding. I see. There's this Visa commercial. I'm sure you've seen it. So that was yeah. not, I thought that was just when they were showing the Jamaican athletes pushing the little, the, in the, you know, right. the, you know, commercial right. election thing. So I thought that was just a hoax. So is that really how no, you guys so, did it? Yes, if you look, it's kind of funny. Yeah, we have, so we have this makeshift sled, and that photo of the original team was taken on, on an up park camp, which is a armor base in Kingston. And uh, we used to practice our push start on this flat concrete surface in front of an old hangar in our park camp. Uh, we had this makeshift sled, and it was really too light. Um, I can't remember if it's shown in the in the visa commercial, but we 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 put these big rocks in the on the sled to add weight to make it heavy so that it wouldn't go all over the place when we're pushing it. But that's exactly how we trained in Jamaica for, uh, in the summer. That is so funny because I was like, okay, but um, 
to know that to speak to an actual bobsled to know oh. you really did it. Well, in Jamaica, you know, we have a term you have to you have to take your hand on fashion, right? Right, turn your hand and make fashion. Exactly, right, exactly. So we didn't have a we didn't have a real push track, so you know we we improvised uh, some Jamaican ingenuity there. Yeah. So you were saying that you have to be a sprinter. So should we like encourage both to to maybe look into the sprinting thing on ice? I think he would be phenomenal. Well, you know, he's phenomenal anyway. He would be absolutely ridiculous behind a two-man bobsled, I think. Um, however, I think some of the guys on the current team met him, and uh, they were doing some shoot for Puma in Jamaica, and um, he wasn't interested in it because bobsledding was too cold. Um, you know, you know. although, but here's the thing, honestly. Um, it has nothing to do with both personal, but... You know, sprinters, 100-meter sprinters, I tease them all the time because I have other friends who have competed for other countries at high levels. They don't want to do bobsledding. It's too hard. Too, the, the work is too hard. I mean, in, in, in sprinting, the only thing they carry on is their spikes. And in bobsledding, they have to lift a 650-pound sled in the cold. Mm. That's not as glamorous as charging down the track in a, on a 100-meter race, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You are absolutely right. There. How do um how have folks responded to your achievements? Uh, you know, so if I can go back to '88, and you know when we crashed, uh, you know we we were very dejected, and actually we were so sure that we got the Jamaican people would boo us and shun us, and it was so far from the opposite, you know. People were so accepting. Jamaicans were so proud, and you know we compete hard, and we we have gotten accolades from all over the world. But honestly, the ones that mean the most to us are the ones that come from the people that we are represented, fellow Jamaicans, and, right. and they, they have been you know really really proud. You know, you can't get away from you know the, the jokes and so on, but that's what makes us who we are. Uh, but Here's, here's, here's an interesting thing. You know, I was just in Vancouver during the Olympic Games, and it's been, what, 22 years since we're mm-hmm. in Calgary. And the thing that struck me the most, honestly, was that um, our accomplishments in Calgary for many people around the world, and I, and I mean from especially in Europe, but, but certainly around the world, um, people who don't even speak English as a first language, it, they, it was not just a curiosity for them. It, it, what we did actually meant something to them. It really did, and it, that has um, that has really struck me. You know, people have. Um, and it's also encouraged other countries to think, well, okay, we're not, we're in the tropical climate. This isn't for us. And then I'm sure because of your what you were able to do, that may have inspired them to send people because. Say like the last Olympics, they had like four people from Africa, four yes. different African countries. So, I mean, this is never going to happen. I mean, you know, a few a few Olympics back, it just wasn't even thought of. They thought it's about true. doing it. It's, 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 I mean, it's wonderful to see you know all these athletes from all these uh, you know temperate climate countries coming to the Winter Olympics and right. and competing, giving off their best, even if they didn't win a medal. And right. Um, flattering, humbling to know that we influence that in some way. 
Why do you think Jamaicans have always been trailblazers in so many fields? You know, I think there's... Yam, like both (laughs) There is something to be said about, you know, pride and ambition. And um, we are a proud people. Yes, we are. And I think, uh, you know, as, as ambition goes, we are among the most ambitious in the world as well. But I think we have also been very fortunate to have been left uh, an amazing legacy, and that's just you know how I view it. Uh, from the from the days of Nanny and Sam Sharp and Paul Bogle and all those people who we have held up and revered as national heroes, and the, just the, in my mind the amazing feat that these people um, perform to win freedom and to um, create an identity for ourselves as Jamaican. I think. It has really rubbed off on us, um, mm-hmm. and and you know when you're left with such a legacy, the only thing you can do is when you, and when you work to live up to that legacy, the only thing you can do is do amazing things. And mm-hmm. if you have a Jamaican doing something amazing in one part of one area of human endeavor, you have somebody else who goes out. You know what? I can do this because you know John Brown did this. And when you look on sports. You know, we were very fortunate, I believe, that the first time we went to the Olympics, we sent four amazing guys, and they, mm-hmm. you know, set a trail and, and left an example that really requires every person who has ever competed in an Olympic team since uh, put on a Jamaican uniform is simply expected to do well. And so mm-hmm. you live up to that expectation. I think Bolton, Sherry, and Fraser, and all the guys from, you know, Beijing and Berlin, has now set a new standard, mm-hmm. but but, it, but it's the same across, you know, whatever, whatever field of human endeavor you, you see Jamaicans um, participating and competing in, um, we we just do well, and especially when you take them out of Jamaica and into the wider world, where honestly there are even more um, opportunities um, for for self-expression and self-growth. You see Jamaicans um, excelling. Yeah. The pride, what, um, the pride of being Jamaican. What do you say to younger youngsters, I should say, or the youth, them, <laughs> my mm-hmm. little patois, um, who would like to follow in your footsteps? Um, you know, the first thing I would say to them is that on a study on a book, um, you know, there is I cannot harp enough about the importance of education. I know that everybody wants to really become the next big DJ sensation or the next Bolt or Shelly and Fraser, Shelly and Fraser, you know, just the next big thing. And I, I I'm, would not be one to say don't pursue those goals, if, uh, those ambitions if you have them. But first and foremost is, is education. And, you know, yeah, so I'm known the world of, over as, as a member of the original Jamaican boxer team and so on and so forth. And, of course, I'm very proud of that. And I'm no mm-hmm. rose color, but you know what? That, if, if there's one thing I'm most proud of is the fact that, you know, when I was growing up and in school, that that part of my development was very important to me, and it has continued to serve me well. So that's mm-hmm. the first thing. I, I mean, I cannot emphasize that enough. And then, yes. Um, go as far as you can see. Yeah, I see. And, and believe me that when you get there, you'll, you'll see even further. You see a lot of um, athletes for various reasons 
dominate the headlines. What obligation do you think an athlete has to the community beyond exciting, you know, beyond excelling at his or her game? Mm. That's a good question. You know, it's a, it's a, in my mind, a dice situation. I, I personally think uh, or see myself as a role model. Um, the, and, and you can't help but be a role model when you are in the public's eye for whatever reason. They, and so there's a responsibility, I think, to conduct yourself in a way that it will continue to inspire others to be the best that they can be, as you work to be the best that you can be in your craft. The, mm -hmm. the challenge, I think, is that um, the wider population uh, needs to be a little bit more careful uh, how you hold athletes up, or to be honest, anybody else for that matter in society, how high a pedestal you put them on. Uh, mm -hmm. Because, you know what, you can't deny that they are human, they're human beings, and we are susceptible to make, making mistakes. We, you know, we, we have our own weaknesses. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes, uh, you know, you'll find out about those, those weaknesses or those transgressions or however you want to characterize it. And it, it seems as if, wow, this person is fair. But you know what? Like, you know, Tiger was in the, in the news now. Yeah. And, um, you know, we know him as a golfer. That's mm -hmm. Honestly, that he just, and he has honed those skills to a, an incredibly high level, and that's what we, we really what we know him for. However, I understand that people look up to him, but, you know, you can't, you can't afford to put him on too high a pedestal because he's only human. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I understand. Well, you're on your website, you, you have a very interesting website. Would you like to tell uh, the, the community about your book and all the things that's on your interesting website, your uh, interactive you. website? Yeah, well, uh, my website, by the way, is devonharris.com, my name, mm -hmm. .com, devonharris.com. And uh, so there you'll learn a little bit about my background. I grew up in Olympic Gardens, or as most Jamaicans know, my part of Olympic Gardens as Waterhouse or Firehouse. Um, and I, guess I grew up during a very Waterhouse is, is such an interesting place, though, because the majority of the top DJ or singers... Yeah. It comes out of Waterhouse. I, I mean, know, it's just amazing. Yeah. It's like that particular the water, whatever it is, the water or whatever's going on yeah, there. A lot of talents coming out of there. I must yeah. say, water. I think. True. I mean, and I may be wrong, but it just seems to me the bulk of Jamaica's, I guess, art community is coming out of Waterhouse. Well, there's definitely a big chunk of it, and I, you know, I have no idea why that is, but it, it is what it is, and. That's mm -hmm. where life started for me, and um, mm -hmm. so my website speaks a little bit about that. Um, you, you see a, a few clips of me. So I'm a motivational speaker primarily, and so you'll see a little bit of uh, some speeches. There. There's an interesting bit called a coach's corner where uh, I have a few clips, uh, motivational clips um, that really uh, speak to some um, success tools that I, that I hope people will, you know, not only enjoy but apply. Um, it talks. The website talks about my foundation, the Keep On Pushing Foundation, where we're mm -hmm. doing a breakfast program and a school supplies program in Waterhouse. A couple of oh, schools, my cool. old primary school and 
couple other schools. Your uh, primary school. That's yeah, wonderful was, you to give back to the community school. like that. That's it's yeah, very admirable. admirable. Well, you know, um, one of the things I know certainly growing up in Waterhouse is that um, you can lose hope really quickly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hope is the lifeblood of possibilities. So my my goal is to provide some kind of hope for the new generation that's coming up and hopefully provide them with some opportunities as well. And and one of the first and most, uh, I think, simple way I can start doing that is by helping the kids doing what I can to help them to get a good education. Many of them are going to school hungry, so we're providing a breakfast program. And we're actually embarking on an, an ambitious plan to build a, a kitchen and a dining facility at the school. And mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I encourage, challenge your listeners to, to jump on board and support us in any which way you can with that. And, um, yes, yeah, so it speaks about my book. Books, um, my children's book I wrote a couple of years ago, uh, yes, I can. The story of the Jamaica Bobset is a motivational children's book that challenges, encourages um, kids to dream big, believe big, and to go pursue their dreams irrespective of what others may think or say or do. And my new book, which is coming out um, June 1st, is um, they can actually go to the site and download a, a free excerpt from the book. Um, it's called Keep on Pushing, Hot Lessons from Cool Running. And um, kind of a semi-autobiographical motivational book that speaks to um, lessons that I learned from the Jamaica boxing experience and, and that I've worked to apply in my life you know, across different areas. You, know, you have certainly um, impacted the community, the world. You've given honor to Jamaica once again. You've, um, you're certainly a role model. We haven't had a lot of Jamaican movies, and Cool Runnings was uh, <laughs> definitely uh, a popular movie. Mm -hmm. And we definitely appreciate you spending some time with us. To learn more about Devin, as you know, you can visit his website at devinharris.com and learn about the interactive things that's going on there. If you'd like to purchase this book, of course, you can buy it from him. Or if you go to JamaicanDiaspora.com and click Caribbean Culture Store, um, you can also learn other things about the, what's going on in the Jamaican Diaspora from that website. To learn more about Chris Daly and his blog, is visit Jamaicans.com. And his blog is called Me Thinking Are You. We definitely enjoyed you spending some time with us, and thanks. Seven. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay. Definitely enjoy the time. Napa know how. A Napa guy knows more isn't always better. Unless we're talking about full-size vans, these beasts do more than get you from A to B. They have so much space a man can live in it. With shag carpeting, waterbed, and a sweet lava lamp, these mobile abodes have all the comforts of home. With quality parts and plenty of Napa know-how, you can keep the original tiny house running longer, stronger. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Jimmy John's America's number one sandwich delivery fast. That's speaking. I'm on my way. 
backyard here, Ed. Wow, you are fast. Yes, sir. Freaky fast and freaky good. But I gotta say, I've never delivered to a dude in a doghouse. Well, I'm definitely in the doghouse. I thought in the doghouse was just an expression, a figure of speech. Well, the doghouse is a very real place. How long are you condemned to your canine quarters? Too soon to tell, but on the bright side. The doghouse has a bright side. Yeah, the wife can't throw a laugh this far. Oh, I guess she's been working out. Order Jimmy John's sandwich delivery today. Jimmy John's. Freaky fast. Freaky fresh.